where's the other page? What? The other page that has my story for stewardship. Which one do you want? The shoe story, yeah. Okay. Man, do I give all of you that have little kids credit. <laughs> I know in that pretty new brochure it says, let them get the wiggle lot, but I don't think you had my AJ in mind. <laughs> so we're going to count on God because I am distracted and a little stressed at the moment. <laughs> but God's got a message for us, and we're just going to let him take over. Okay. Okay. Once again, we're looking at Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that so clings, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Yep, as you can see, we are on the same scripture. I bet some of you were thinking and hoping that since Pastor Herb wasn't here, we would do something different. But we're not. <laughs> um, clearly, we're not. Um, because you know why? God hasn't taken that out of our thoughts yet. It has just stayed in my mind. That cloud of witness is what we're really um, going to talk about today. And... Even before that, God had been doing something and he brought up my baptism even before Pastor Herb decided to have a baptism and baptize all of you wonderful people. And he reminded me of that and the cloud of witnesses that were there to celebrate with me. Um, and before that, he was even bringing up a lot of my um, past experiences at church um, from the very beginning of my journey. And so when we came to cloud of witnesses, I thought, that's what they are. They were my cloud of witnesses. And so we haven't gotten out of that out of our head either. So we decided to preach on where God has us. And so you're going to hear quite a bit about us along the way. Um, and we're going to, let's see, see, I am so frazzled. <laughs> Let me go back to my notes. I've been reminded of how amazing the beginning of my journey was because God gave me good words, so I want to make sure you hear these words. All the things God did and showed me and taught me and changed me and then used me to teach others and the cloud of witnesses that encouraged and rooted for me to become a follower of Jesus Christ. God is doing something through cloud of witnesses. As we begin our story, I was reminded of the discussion that Terry and I, ha Terry and I had this week after watching an episode of The Chosen. The the discussion was centered around having now having flesh added to the story. You know what that's like? We've had similar discussions like when we watched The Passion, when we watched The Ten Commandments, when we watched Richard Wormbrandt and Sabina. There's all stories, but they come, there's flesh now with them. You read the story, there are words, but there's no flesh to them. And sometimes we just need that flesh. In learning communities, Michael Heiser told us that we need to place ourselves in the story. 
I don't know if some of you remember that from learning community, but we need to place ourselves in the story. We need to taste, smell, and hear what's happening. I've tried to do that recently as we were reading Acts when Paul was thrown into prison. But what he wants us to really do, he wants us to take words which are so powerful and he wants to, us to add flesh to that. He wants our words to become a different substance so that our understanding can be expanded. All right, so this is a story that I want to tell you. <laughs> there were many trips around the sun before now in a land not far from here. There was a woman crying under a tree. She was heartbroken because she had seen the engagement photo of her younger brother and soon-to-be sister-in-law. They were happy and they were very in love. She was happy for them, but her heart was hurting for herself. Suddenly, through that photo, she realized that no man had ever looked at her the way her brother was looking at his soon-to-be wife, and that she had spent four years with a guy that didn't look at her like that in four years, and clearly never would. Um, so she was crying out to God, a God she believed in, but a God that she didn't know, a God that she hadn't spoken to in years and was certain he didn't care wasn't going to answer, but she still cried out, God, why doesn't anyone love me like that? Why can't somebody, why can't I have that love of my life? There was no answer, no reply, no response, as usual. It's not clear who broke up with who, but at some point the relationship did finally fall apart. She toughened herself up and went through the next year reading self-help books, talking to friends, going to counseling, and she joined a dating service. In another country, about the same time was a, that the young lady was crying under the tree. A young man was praying to God. He knew that God wanted something different for him. He had a close relationship with God. He knew God had a good plan for him but he didn't know what was next. So he was praying, was it a spouse in which he could share his life with that would allow him to grow in his faith? Was it to remain single? Or did God have something totally different for him? He didn't know. So he joined a dating service. <laughs> and after a few dates, it just wasn't quite working out. You know? So he paused the dating service. He sought God with fasting and praying. And that's where he is. So here's a little sidebar. I want to make sure you understand. We're sharing, obviously. If you haven't figured it out, I was the woman under the tree. Somehow Randy, three years older than me, was the young man. <laughs> I didn't consider myself quite that young. <laughs> but we were in our 30s. Um, and so, but, so I share the truth of my journey because you really have to understand where I was and where I was coming from to really see what God has done 
and can do and what that cloud of witnesses did to help me along the way. So we want to make sure that you understand everything we're saying about us is surrounded in God and the Holy Spirit because without them, we never would have gotten where we are. Um, also, don't worry. We started in 1998. I'm not giving you every single detail from 98 to 22. <laughs> so it won't be quite that long. But we do want to make sure you understand that it is about God. But we can't share God without sharing what he did. And so to share what he did, we have to share ourselves. Oh, so we're putting ourselves out there, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. friends, family, um, to <laughs> know where we came from so you know where God brought us um, and what he is more than, more than capable of. Mm -hmm. uh, he worked in us and through us and surrounded us by a cloud of cloud of crowds, as we named it, cloud of witnesses that shared their journey and rooted for us as we watched, they watched and helped our faith to grow. And today we, again, want to add substance and expand our understanding about cloud of witnesses through our faith journey. There's nuggets of truth in here, so listen and see how many you pick up on. Okay, so back to our story in that crying lady. Young lady. Young lady, yes. Young lady. <laughs> I was younger. <laughs> um, so as I did all of those things, the counseling and the self-help books and what else did I do? I don't know. Talk to friends, all kinds of stuff, um, where God was not anywhere to be found, by the way, if you hadn't figured that out. However... He was, <laughs> because a friend of mine said, hey, you know what, I've started praying, maybe you should pray. And one of my self-help books told me to be very specific in what I was looking for, and um, really to not waste time. And so I came up with a prayer, and this was my prayer. It said, Lord, please bring me a man into my life that will love me as I am, See me for who I could be and give me the strength and help to grow into who I'm meant to be. So. Pretty wild for someone who wasn't a Christian and, and non-believing. didn't believe God was paying any attention to me or cared, right? And yet there's that prayer that says he was. I didn't know it at the time, but he was. About a month after saying this, this prayer, and I did that every time I wore a pendant, and every time that clasp would touch it, I would say this prayer. It was a prayer reminder for me um, because I wasn't into remembering to pray either. And so that reminded me. So a month after, the dating service called me and said, we have the perfect match for you. I'd seen a couple other perfect matches, so I wasn't really holding any hope out there either. <laughs> Towards the end of summer, I felt God to nudge me once again to reactivate my dating service once again also. So I called them back, and they sent me the letter like they normally did, and said, here's the perfect match from you. Here's her number. Call her. So I did. I called her. He did. <laughs> Our first date with, she had two kids. I had one kid. And there was happenings on both ends of her phone during our date that we had to like call and hang up it was about two or three times, but mm -hmm. we still called and, and finished our conversation. Yes. So we met, and there were clearly differences between us. Randy was wearing, remember those um, wristbands? 
you know, WWJD, frog, those kind of things. Well, he had three on this side and three on this side. I didn't really know what they were, and I didn't know what they meant, but boy, did they make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> he noticed me uncomfortably looking at these, and he explained what they were, and it was clear to me that faith and religion, as I would have called it and recognized it then, I didn't really no, know it was the word. a relationship? Relationship, didn't know faith, just knew religion, church. Um, was very important to him, obviously. And I was not there in my life, didn't want to make time for that in my life, and was pretty sure I was never going that way in my life either. So on our very first date, I encouraged him to go meet somebody else. Yep. Yep. I said, you know, surely there's somebody else somewhere in your church or something that you could date, because I just don't think this was happening. But you know, there was still this peace about him that was different from any other dates that I had had. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew I liked it. And I felt very drawn to it. And I did want to know more. So he asked me out on a second date. I'm like, seriously, I just told you to go find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, so you want to go out again? And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> so we did. I was a nice guy. And we had good times. We actually closed the restaurant. They actually put the chairs on the tables around us and vacuumed the floor under our feet, trying to encourage us to get out of there. But on the way home, my first thing in the car as soon as I got away was, okay, God, I fasted and prayed all summer. And this is what our perfect date was. And as soon as I stopped right there, God interrupted me just as verbally and audibly as I can tell you a person was sitting beside me. And he goes, Randy, do you trust me? And I said, God, you know I trust you. Then he said, stay the course. I have a plan that I've prepared for you and Terry. And I responded, okay, God. <laughs> and I went on the rest of my way home. Yes, so we went on our second date. Um, and, you know, at, we kept progressing. And he did finally say, hey, you want to meet me at church on Sunday? <laughs> and I said, sure, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I come from a different faith background, if some of you don't know, and it's um, very regimented and stand up and sit down and everybody does all the same thing and the prayers are written out. There's none of this freestyle praying. It just is, and I, you know, you know, all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so I go there and it was very, very different and everybody was looking at me. It was small, um, I don't know, probably 60 mm -hmm. people there. Yeah. And it was in the basement of a house. Who goes to church in the basement of a house? <laughs> I was scared going in. And so <laughs> afterwards we had lunch and I said, he said, what do you think? And I said, well, it was different. And um, by the way, I'm probably not coming back until Christmas. And you might see me at Easter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They seem like two really good times to go to church. 
To my dismay, Christmas was not on a Sunday, so they did not have a Christmas service. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> no Christmas service. I was really excited to go on Christmas. Anyway, that was my first experience. That Randy handled it beautifully, let me tell you, because you know what his response was? Okay, I understand. How about if we meet for lunch after church? All right, that sounds great. No pressure, no expectations, mm -hmm. except in what I had to say about his church that he was very connected to. And um, the very next Saturday, we had our date, and he left, and I said, see you at lunch. And he said, okay, see you at lunch. And I went to get ready for bed, and I just felt, you know, in new song terms that you will understand, I felt this nudge that I didn't understand. And I knew that I had to get up and go to church the next morning. I had no idea why. I just, I was like, mm, nope, got to go. I'm going to go. And so I already picked up my clothes. I was taking a hiking class during church. And I paid good money and bought new shoes and everything. And, <laughs> and I'm getting this nudge who, you know, we all now know what it came from God, but I didn't. I just knew I was supposed to go. So I went, and I liked it a little bit better. And then I liked it a little bit better. And then I liked it a little bit better. And then one Sunday, Randy couldn't even be there, and I went all by myself. And so uh -huh, I never missed really a Sunday ever since. So, you know, there's that. Then, let me just move along. I told you I wouldn't take you through every detail, but the details are so good. <laughs> <laughs> the details are what make the story. So... Let's talk about books. We exchanged books. Do you know what he gave me to read? We were talking about reading books. He gave me The Ten Commandments of Dating. But do you know what she gave me to read? It could have been worse. <laughs> Mars and Venus on a date. Yep. Does that explain a lot of where we were? But what it did, actually, it was great because then we understood each other. He mm -hmm. knew where I was coming from in dating. I understood where he was coming from in dating. And that was um, <laughs> two different directions, which prompted me to give him this statement. A face statement that she didn't know was a face statement. Yeah, I had, I had several of those along the way. God is amazing. So this is what I told him. I don't know that we should be dating. I finally understand this whole unequally yoked now. And we're never going to be unequally yoked. You've been doing this for your whole life. I was 36. I'm like, we're never going to catch up. We're ne I'm never going to catch you. We're never going to be equally yoked. And so we're just, we just shouldn't be together. This just isn't right. And I wanted Randy to have, he was such a nice guy. I wanted him to have the best life he could have, and I honestly did not think I was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's those guys, here's just a little side note of my life, there's those guys you should get rid of and you just won't or can't. There's the guy that you should hold on to and you're pushing him away. Like, where does life make sense? And so I was, I was but mo really for his benefit, I wanted him to have the best life ever. And I didn't think I could ever have the faith equaled to his faith. And so he needed to 
go on and find that woman from church that I told you about on the first date. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind, this is where we were. I was spiritually. I had no idea what I was actually talking about, yet I knew I was totally right in my statement and what I was saying. The level of unequalness between us was vast, and I knew I couldn't play catch-up. That wasn't an option. And so, but under the surface, God was clearly working, right? We know that now. I had no idea then. Those thoughts and words could have mm -hmm. only come from the Holy Spirit because I didn't know what I was talking mm -hmm. about. And yet it was accurate. And God does that all the time. There are lots of times I walk away going, ooh, where did that come from? Because I don't know that piece of information yet about God. And he gives it to me when I need it and when I need to share it with somebody else. So my knee-jerk reaction was, oh, okay. I wasn't prepared for that answer, but I think the Holy Spirit was also stopping me from saying anything else. Because I knew what God's response to me was, but we left it at that. There was a lot of times in our discussion with God, we'd come to a, a T and God would just stop the conversation and we would go to a different direction. Mm -hmm. So I prayed on it. And in the next day or two, I was nudged by God, continue staying the course, discussed it with Terry. Yes, this could work. I said, statistics has it that you're going to drag me down and, uh, and it's not going to work. But God's got a plan for us. I think I even told her that. And she goes, okay. <laughs> but... You know, if God would have revealed a big picture of even back then that we would be preaching together, we would probably both be running in opposite directions from each other. I would have. <laughs> but the statement that she made is a statement that I remember to this day. It was a faith statement that was so I don't know. It's just so hard to put that, a word to it. But sometimes it is unbelievers or non-believers that can speak a word of faith to us. No, and not non-believers. I believed. You did. Yes, a non-follower. A non-follower. <laughs> oh, a non-follower. Unbeliever, non-follower. <laughs> But God can use anything. And as I put in my notes, God even used a donkey to try to hey, get someone's attention. I am not a talking donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call you a donkey. Hmm. I just I told know. you there was a story Ladies, in the Bible. God can use anything and anyone yes, he can. to get your attention. Yes. All right. So that was the beginning of our journey. Here's the timeline that God really worked in. In August of 98 was when I was crying out under the tree that nobody loved me. In July of 99, I began praying for someone to love me as I am. In August of 99, we went on our first date. In September of 99 was the first time I went to New Heights and met the witnesses, the cloud of witnesses that encouraged me forward. By January of 2000, we were engaged. 
By April of 2000, I was baptized with many of the cloud of witnesses there to see the results of their prayer and encouragement. And by July of 2000, we were married. And we weren't exactly equally yoked, but God had taken me so far, so quickly. Um, Part of it was the cloud of witnesses. Part of it, honestly, was my willingness Mm -hmm. to listen and to hear and to see and to change right? Because I had to change along the way. Your faith doesn't go if you stay where you are. You had to and surrender all? So, yeah, I did have to do that. <laughs> it's still a challenge sometimes. <laughs> but in the movie Hope Floats, did you ever see Hope Floats? There's a line that Bertie Sandra Bullock says that I just, I wait, I watch the whole movie and it's toward the end. I wait to hear this song, this word, this sentence that she says. It says, beginnings are scary, Endings are usually sad, but it's the middle that counts the most. The beginning of my journey was definitely scary because there were moments that I had no idea what was really happening. And it kind of, you know. We weren't a cult. (laughs) Yes, I was told don't drink the Kool-Aid. Not by us. (laughs) But um, it was was scary because it was such a different world that I was walking into and didn't understand. The ending, when we left that church, was very sad. But it's the middle where that cloud of witnesses made such a difference and Jesus changed my life. Now, I still, although that was the ending of the church, I'm still in the middle because Jesus is still changing my life and there are still cloud of witnesses that I need surrounded by to make that difference. So God, that was the timeline. God provided a great cloud of witness that cheered me on in my journey. Individually, he sent me somebody that I don't think exactly was a follower either that, that told me to pray anyway. Um, that particular health self, self, health self book, self-help book emphasized knowing what I wanted, being specific at the time, and I was, and I didn't waste my time. Um, so Randy had a very short window. <laughs> Small he, got, window. he got past the first date, so hey, most guys didn't get to a second date um, either, so <laughs> we, he, got, he did pretty well. But he was the first one to share the um, peace of, that only God can provide, and that's what I knew I was looking through, for. Through all of the things that I did, I knew something was missing, and I knew that I should have a better life than what I was living, and I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know how to find it. Everything that I did helped me. So I am not saying don't go to counseling. Randy and I wouldn't have made it had I not already spent a year in counseling. Um, But it all made a difference. Mm -hmm. And that led up to what God can do. Um, But, you know, the crowd of witnesses that God surrounded me with in the beginning, those Sunday services and the Bible study and the care groups, had the greatest, really the greatest impact, besides our one-on-one discussions, which we would discuss every single sermon because it was all new. And we would do Bible studies together um, because I was so fascinated and interested and so really drawn. The Holy Spirit was like, now's the time. We've got to get her now. (laughs) Got to do it now. And so we did. The sermon spoke so directly that I always accused Randy of talking to the pastor during their Wednesday men's breakfast and telling him the issues that I was sharing because I would come on Sunday and 
lo and behold, that would be my issue. So I'm like, you have to have been talking to the pastor. That's not fair. <laughs> I still feel that way when her preaches. <laughs> That somebody, she goes, are you texting him in the morning? Somebody must be telling him where I'm struggling. And we know that it, it's the Holy Spirit guiding him and guiding those. And we believe that somebody here has to hear this story and how God can work and change your life in, within the cloud of witnesses that he's going to surround you with. We even went on one of our dates was to look for a Bible for Terry. That's true. Mm-hmm. She did not own a Bible. I did not. And so we went and spent like two hours looking at all the Bibles. All the Bibles like, and all the translations. Pick one. <laughs> 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 they all pretty much say the same thing, just in a little different wording. But <laughs> anyway, it was a good date. Um, <laughs> that was when family bookstores were around. Yeah. So the Cloud of Witnesses, though, they. Um, they just really shared their life. So when we had prayer time, it was a little different than this. They could stand up and share a prayer request specifically. And it showed me that God cared about every little thing. When I thought I wasn't, God wasn't listening and crying, when I was crying under the tree, he was. Sometimes his answers just take a little bit longer. And sometimes, and I've come to find out, his answers are different than the answer that I was looking for, but his answer is always better than mine anyhow. So I kind of have surrendered that. Um, and so they did, they shared. And the other thing that they shared, they shared their praises for answered prayer. And they even shared them when, again, their prayer wasn't answered the way they thought it was or the way they wanted it to be. And so that allowed me to say, oh, Okay, so when I thought God wasn't listening, he was just working, mm-hmm. and I needed some work to be done before any of these things could happen. Um, they allowed me to soak everything in. I could just sit there and listen. They had no expectations. They knew where I was coming from, people. They, it was like <laughs> written all over my deer-in-the-headlights face um, that I didn't know what was happening, but they let me listen and put no pressure on me, and they had no expectations until I was ready. <laughs> the truth is, when I was ready, they were like, will you please sit down and be quiet? Because <laughs> once God yeah. gave me a voice and gave me a little bit of understanding, I was so excited, I shared it with anybody and everybody whenever I could. And so, um, yeah, they were like, oh, please, don't let her stand up during prayer time again. We don't know what she... I'm just teasing. They were wonderful. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Um, <laughs> so in 2010, God felt us, gave, us, gave us this nudge to leave, and he said, trust me. <laughs> trust me, God says. Obey me, God says. Leave this church that you've been at where you had got the foundation, where you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, where you were baptized, where you now serve and preach and support the church, just leave. It's time. And I'm going to tell you when you, where to go once you leave and trust me and obey me. And we had no idea where to go. Um, he sent us to a place uh, that loved us exactly where we were. They helped us heal from some of the hurts that sometimes come from leaving a church. 
And we were surrounded by a new cloud of witnesses that stretched us even further. Interestingly, that was New Life Church of God. So we went to New Heights. We went to New Life. You know where this is going. <laughs> that opened our door to prison ministry, which really changed our life again. And we went in to be a cloud of witnesses to the men and women that we met. And we were. We were there to love them and to share the love of God and to let them know that they weren't forgotten. But do you know what happened? They taught us too. And they became part of our cloud of witnesses. And they encouraged us. And they prayed for us. And they cared for us. And they shared what they knew. And they listened to what we knew. And we really became a cloud of witnesses to each other. And so that's part of my point here. We need to be part of the cloud of witnesses, and we need a cloud of witnesses as well to really make our faith grow. Um, and so now, yep, you know where it's going. We're speeding up. <laughs> We're now here at New Song. <laughs> and, you know, I have yet to learn not to say things that I am not going to do, because when we went to New Light... When we went from New Heights to New Life, I said, I am not going to New Song because I am not going to another church with the name New in it. I can't because I'm always mixing up what church I am saying. And so I sh should have known right then and there that in a matter of time we would be at New Song. And here we are. And so you have all become our cloud of witnesses. And you root us on and you encourage us and you keep us striving forward. And we have learned knees and nudges and prayer and fasting. Not that we didn't know that, but we did. But it's still, it's more emphasized here. It's got a different aspect to it here. And we learned right side up living in an upside down world, which we totally relate to now. Um, because you have all shared that with us and you have all become our cloud of witnesses. And that's the point we're trying to get across, really, is that we're all called. It's not special people. It's whoever follows and believes in Jesus Christ that is called to be that cloud of witness. As we look back over our text, our text starts out with the word, therefore. Therefore. So what that therefore means, we got to go therefore back. So what's that back go? That back goes to Hebrews chapter 11, which is the cloud of witnesses, right? Which we know is a hall of fame. But just like we started talking about earlier, most of it's just words. We've, we've heard those stories in church. We've heard those stories sometimes in Sunday school. We hear them during kids' time. And sometimes they're just words. But we've got to put some flesh with it. That's where cloud of witnesses in our present times comes. Because we need cloud of witnesses. We need that flesh around us to be that cloud, to be that group of encouragers. So, that got me thinking and God nudging me as, as we are going through this. Which really, it goes to faith. Everything really comes down to faith. So God gave me an acronym for faith just for the, he said, it's just for this sermon. 
And I said, okay. I, when God says something, it's for this sermon. Because when we get faith, we find faith, we grow faith, and we can grow others in their faith. So our first letter, F, in faith, is family. This is our natural family, our church family, or even our work family. Sometimes we don't include our work family because they're just work, right? But we do have a work family. We do have a natural family, and we do have a church family. And they all play an important part in our faith journey, don't they? They're part of that cloud of witnesses. So on your paper, I want you to write down a person who has been that person of faith for you, that in your cloud of witnesses. I wrote down my grandfather. I put down Grandpa Strickland because he was that faith person in my life that I could look to, that I could come to, that I could go to. He was always there. He was always encouraging. He was a dirt farmer. I didn't even know he was a dirt farmer till later in life. But he was a dirt farmer. You know, I just seen he was a farmer, but I didn't know they classified him as dirt farmers. Because we had cows, we had dirt, we had gardens, we had, he had there was plenty of, of hay to bale and corn and all that good stuff, but he was a dirt farmer. But it's an example to follow. The A. <laughs> okay. I just, on the A is I put acquaintances. Acquaintances. Now, this is people that's not in our family. That's not in our close-knit group. It's like what Terry said in her story. A friend of hers encouraged her to look at self-help books or to maybe even pray. She didn't know what she was doing when that happened. I even look at Terry's statement of faith that she made to me those 22 years ago about being unequally yoked. That was a statement of faith where I could start to include Terry into my cloud of witnesses. Even though she wasn't there yet, I could include her. So now we're at the letter I. <laughs> oh, no, I want you to put, write down an acquaintance who, have you, who has provided you a glimpse of faith. Okay. All right. Sure. I'll do the letter I. An okay. influential person uh, is letter I. In something, somebody, or an event that influences you. Interestingly, Randy, the examples we have are the person that talked to me about prayer and the event of the self-help books, which Randy used for acquaintances. So they kind of, they could go together. Um, but influences can be other preachers like Michael Heiser and Ray Vanderlyn that we've been learning about. Um, as well, uh, anybody else that influences you. So write down an influential person or even a podcast which you were provided a glimpse of faith in. And that list could be pretty extensive. It could be. The next letter is the letter T. Truth. We have a collection of truths in our Bible. 
I've got so many truths, I could list the whole Bible. But one of them was actually to, in our reading today. It was Jeremiah 29, 12. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which says, then, the truth too. <laughs> then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. What a great truth to hold on to. That God hears us when we call upon him. And he wants us to come to him. And Terry's is Jeremiah 29, 11. Go ahead. And it... <laughs> <laughs> so write down a truth. Write down a... It might be your favorite scripture. It might be something else. It may be something someone said about the scripture. But it's a truth. Write down that truth. Because it's important. And the H is hope. Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And when I think of hope, my first thing goes to the song, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust death's sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils its lovely face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath, His covenant, His blood supports me in overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. I sing this song in the morning, sometimes on my walk, when I'm just walking around the track before the sun comes up or as the sun's coming up because of what hope is. So write down a hope. It may be a song like my hope is built on nothing else, less. It may be something else that you're hoping. There's all, we all have hopes. It was interesting when we seen on the website what it said about today's lesson. It says, everyone is born with a desire to make a difference, to make life count. Turns out it's not much of an individual effort as linking arms with each other, the right crowd of others. That's what we're here about. We're here to join the right crowd, to link arms together, to be that cloud of witnesses for each other. And for others around us. Because as we cloud of witnesses within this church. And we go into our workplace. And out into the community. And out into the stores. We can be that cloud of witnesses. We can be that peace that Terry saw. On date one. That I had. She goes I know there's something you have that I want. Mm -hmm. The uh, one thing I want to finish. Before we get to our last scripture. That's not even in here. But I kept. Keep remembering this. Yes, I want you to know that I, I prayed for a physical man to be in my life to love me. Um, what I didn't understand was, although I love Randy and I'm glad he's in my life, the man that I really needed was Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And that's what I was really praying for. And he did exactly that. He accepted me exactly where I was, loved me as I was and as flawed and far away from him as I could be, and still loved mm -hmm. me and called me in. And that's what made the difference. And honestly, that's what keeps our marriage together, is putting God first um, before all else. And that's what makes our marriage stronger and just a little, a little side note, Randy and I had, a, going back, had a huge discussion um, about putting God first. And he, I don't know how long we had been dating, for maybe two or three months. And I had just started going to church. And he said, you need to know you will never be first in my life. Well, let me tell you how that went. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had dated quite a few men that I also wasn't first in their life. And I know how that felt and I know how that went. And I, that didn't really sit well for me. But what he said was, God will always be first. And you will always be right underneath God. And if God is first, then technically you are first as well. And I have never, ever felt second best because God has been first. And so, although God gave me a human being to be in my life and answer that prayer. It was really Jesus that was answering that prayer and really Jesus that I was praying for and did not know and did not understand at the time. Um, so that's just a bonus nugget of truth for you to all take home. We're going to go to our last scripture. It's Matthew 10, verse 8. Freely you have received, freely give. And so I encourage you, to freely give what God has given to you. He gave it to you for free. You did nothing to deserve sal salvation, to deserve life in eternity mm -hmm. in God's kingdom. Um, nor did you do anything probably to receive from the cloud of witnesses that God surrounded you with and does surround you with. So we need to give it back freely to others and bring others along with us by sharing our lives, by sharing what we know, by sharing how God works, and by making that difference in their lives as well. So freely you have received, freely give. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that we've had. Father, you give us nuggets of truth. You give us life experiences for us to live as cloud of witnesses to those here in, in this building. For those who are hearing online, we are those, that cloud of witnesses. Help us to be that cloud of witnesses to each one of us here and to those that we now leave this place to go out to be. Help us to look to you always. Help us to listen to your nudges and help us to see what we need to do for each other. For we ask this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm doing another.